Oh, all right. I think. All right. We're good now. We're good. We're good. We were having some technical issues, but I think we are live and direct now. I am your host, Leslie the Third. Welcome to Culture. We're going to be watching some Kanye. We're going to be doing the Drake Kanye concert. It's on twitch.tv slash Amazon Music. You can pull it up. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. I'm going to check it out, watch it on this inaugural episode of Culture, my new show. You may know me from Struggle Session. You may know me from Katie Halper's show. On those shows, we talk, I talk about politics and pop culture and how those intersect. I'll be doing the same thing here, but just now it'll be a little bit more interactive. Now you'll be able to call in. Tell me what you think. Tell me how you feel. What co- aspects of culture you want to talk about. I got topics for you. Don't worry. And we got the Kanye Drake show going on in the background. Very excited for that. But if you want to call in and talk about anything, please do so. Phone lines are open. You are welcome to call in. If the audio quality is not what you're used to, we're working on it. We're working on it. This is the inaugural show. So I will be upping that audio quality very, very shortly. Thank you so for joining us. Also have a special guest coming up, Brother Q will be joining us a little bit later. You know him, Q Anthony from Twitter. He'll be joining us. We'll be watching the Kanye show. We'll be talking to Kanye, Drake, the relationships, the friendships, the beef. But there's not beef now. Now they're coming together. They're coming together for a tribute concert, uh, not a tribute concert, a fundraiser for Larry Hoover. And I'm very excited for this show because, I mean, they were beefing as recently as a couple of months ago. Even when Donda came out, they were shooting shots at each other. Now they're working together. I'm interested in that. Very interested in that. Thank you all for joining me uh, tonight. Very happy uh, to have you on my first call-in show on the call-in app. This is a brand new show, brand new program called Culture. And the people that called in reached out to me uh, because of my hosting duties on Struggle Session and K Helper. And they said they want me to do a show on that platform. And I'm happy to do so. I'm happy that y'all, you are joining me uh, today. The show looks like it may start on time. The stream has been up for about, the stream has been up for uh, like 90 minutes. If you remember with the Donda streams, they even go up, they even went up pretty late. But the Amazon stream, Amazon Twitch stream is already up. It says Kanye with special guest Drake, Free Larry Hoover is coming very, very shortly in the next 15 minutes. I'm not sure how big the concert is going to be, how much prep time they did, how many songs we're going to get, but I'm excited to see. And I'm very happy to have you along for the ride. If you want to call in and talk about it, please, please do so. I'm going to send out the word on the Discord that we are live for the Drake Watch Party. 
thank you all for joining us today on the initial episode of Culture with Leslie III. If you want to call in, just hit me up. Just request to drop in. Thank you so much for coming in today. Let's talk some culture. Now I was talking, I was on Champagne Sharks a few uh, earlier tonight, talking about the TV show Harlem, which is a new comedy sitcom on Amazon Prime. And it's a black sitcom set in Harlem, ostensibly set in Harlem, but mostly feels like it's set in Manhattan and is more or less just a rehash of Sex in the City. It's basically Black Sex in the City. And there have been Black Sex in, the, Sex in the Cities before, I believe. And some people will say they're Black shows that predated Sex in the City, like Living Single, for example, as a precursor to Sex in the City. Of course, of course. But this show, Harlem, is note for note, beat for beat, like character by character, sex in the city. The tone, the themes, how the characters behave, which is awful, by the way. Absolutely, positively atrocious behavior uh, from the characters, like the characters from Sex in the City. Sex in the City, I think people forget, is about four extremely privileged, extremely wealthy people who are absolutely horrific to almost everyone they meet. Absolutely, positively horrific. They're always mad at cabbies, at bartenders. They're mad at guys for being too broke to date. There's a lot of that, a lot of that, a lot of focus on you know social climbing, on class in a way that does not quite hold up. And the new Sex in the City, I'll talk a little bit about that. It came out today. It has some very, very interesting <laughs> perspectives in it. Harlem was more or less like a rehash of Sex in the City with the same themes, the same characters, like behaving, uh, like there's a scene where they're, they just be, every, basically every person who's a staffer, who's a worker, who's an Uber driver, they end up berating the four main characters, the four, four main upper-class, wealthy uh, women, end up berating all the help that they ever meet. And the show, they never get any comeuppance for it. They're always in the right in each of these scenarios. As most people have seen the clip from the barbershop where a barber is there and he's using, uh, in the black barbershop, and this barber is using extremely vulgar language. Uh, and she, he gets chewed out by one of our main characters. And people are upset because, first of all, that's not the sort of thing people talk about in a barbershop. And then the scenario was just set up to where she has another reason to, uh, has a justifiable reason to be berating uh, someone because she goes to a kind of a hood barbershop when, you know, they usually have, they have, when people of their class are going to, you know, these more expensive, higher class barbershops. The show talks a lot, like it's called Harlem, but it just looks like Manhattan. All It's nothing but luxury sto stores, luxury shops, all these boutique, boutique coffee places. You don't get any sort of feeling that 
it's they live in a world that's any different than the world that you know Carrie uh, and Samantha and all of them used to live in. Very strange show, and not kind of funny, but not that funny. It's by the creator of Girls Trip. I wasn't a huge fan of Girls Trip. I thought Girls Trip was, I mean, it was very cheap, very low level humor. And it's one of those movies that, and there's so many of them that were just, they were just churning out in New Orleans. I'm from Louisiana. And I think around the early, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, I think, that we started doing ta- these tax subsidies where if you wanted to make a movie in Louisiana, you could basically do it tax free. And so all of these little movies started coming here uh, to Louisiana trying to, like, really cheap movies. And not really very good movies a lot of times. And Girls Trip is one of those movies. When you watch Girls Trip, it looks very cheap, doesn't feel like a real movie, like lower than Tom and Perry. But it made a lot of money. And I guess it was popular enough where the creator of the show got to do this new show called Harlem. Harlem on Amazon+. Plus. And I watched a little bit of it. It's just Sex in the City. Again, it's just Sex in the City. And it ends up feeling really dated because the new Sex in the City, which just came out today, um, I think it's called, and just, and just Like That, it offers a real critique and challenge of the typical uh, Sex in the City scenario. Every time one of the girls uh, meets someone new, Instead of the girls being able to be all judgy of them, the people that meet are very are judgmental. It's like Carrie, um, who is a sex columnist, she gets a, she's hired to do a podcast, and as soon as she gets on the radio, she's like is bombarded by this uh, her boss, who is just very very woke very knowledgeable about all these terms and ideas that she knows nothing about, but also Carrie fails because she's also like not willing to be as vulgar and as the new radio shows, uh, is this new uh, boss that she has. It's very interesting. Like it attacks them from the left and the right. It's like, you're not woke enough and you're also not edgy enough. You're just kind of boring. And the show just is at least the first two episodes really, goes for it where it's criticizing the original um, version of Sex and the City, where it's really, uh, it's really, I found it much more enjoyable than a Harlem, which just takes the same formula, but just makes it a little bit black. I like that. And there's plenty of black characters in the new Sex and the City, and they give the new girls tons of shit. Like, oh my God, Cynthia Nixon has one of the funniest, most Larry David scenes where she mistakes her new professor for a student because she has braids and she spends like five minutes trying to explain how she's not actually racist for assuming that her professor was a student and trying to talk over her. It's, it's actually pretty funny because she just is, it, it ends up being like, it has much a closer tone to curb now than old sex in the city, which I think is kind of interesting, kind of fun. Thank you so much for our listeners today for joining us on the inaugural episode of Culture. We are waiting on the Kanye Drake show to start. Should be starting soon. It looks like 
the stream's been live for a while. Amazon, if nothing else, they know how to stream something. The uh, Apple TV shit that Donda was on, that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare. It was easier to steal that than it was to pay for it and watch it. Much easier, in fact. Much easier to steal the Donda streams than it was to actually pay for it and watch it. This one's free. It's for free. It's a hashtag free Larry Hoover. You can watch it on twitch.tv slash Amazon Music. Kanye Drake. Not quite a surprise concert, but I think they only announced it in the past couple of days. I think if you ask most people, as far as they know, Drake and Kanye were beefing. I'm looking at some of the news articles about this. <laughs> I just wanted to look up some of the news, the headlines about it. And of course, there's free, uh, Los Angeles Times, free Larry Hoover concert, how to watch Kanye and Drake, okay? Your basic guides. Slate's headline is, sorry, Drake and Kanye, a benefit concert won't free Larry Hoover. Was that, re- Slate, was it really important? <laughs> I, I don't know why Slate like has to take that angle from it like immediately. Sorry, dumbasses, you can't do a concert to get somebody out of prison. I think they know that on some level. I think they know that the concert itself won't uh, commute his conviction. I think they know that Slate. You didn't have to tell them. About that, I didn't. I don't, I don't think they assume that just doing the concert stream would free them. But I digress. This is very funny. Very funny uh, <laughs> that that's the angle that Slate takes. Like, did you fact check a concert? A hashtag can't free someone from prison. Shocking. Well, we're just a few minutes away. I do have a special guest coming. Q Anthony will be joining us as soon as he ready, as soon as he hops in on the show. Concert, I'm excited for. I wonder what we're going to hear. wonder what we're going to see. If you want to call in and talk, please do so. Hit the button. Anybody wants to call in, talk about Kanye, talk about Drake. Talk about what TV shows you've been watching, what movies you've been watching, what you've been checking out. Personally, I've been very, very into the new Dexter. The new Dexter. Have y'all checked that out yet? You have to get on the new Dexter. I think the new Dexter is probably the best TV show on right now. Because it is just Dexter without the baggage. It feels more like season one Dexter, where it's just about those very tense moments where Dexter fucks up, almost gets caught. And you're wondering, if, is this the time that he's going to go to jail? Is this the time he's going to go too far? It's a very good show. I'm enjoying it a lot. I know a lot of people were very unhappy with the later seasons of Dexter, which, are, which is understandable. There were some things on the sh- in the later season of Dexter that weren't the best. A lot of people unsatisfied with the ending, but I think the new show really makes up for it. I think the new show really does a good job of 
updating every updating how do I say this? Updating the themes, updating the style, updating the look, updating the aesthetic of the show because it's not set in Miami anymore. It's set, it's set in uh, I think upstate New York, but like very close to the border can, like very very. It's cold, snowy, complete opposite of Miami. But the show itself is like they've done. It has a great cast, great cast. Uh, Clancy Brown uh, is in it. Jennifer Carpenter, who uh, I think most people, not a spoiler alert, but really for this one, she did die uh, at the end of the series. And in the new series, she play Dexter Newblood. She plays basically a ghost. She still plays Deborah uh, Morgan, but not ghost, but, you know, Dexter's memory of her. Like he was previously, you know, haunted somewhat by uh, the memory of his father. I guess more comforted. He liked, you know, speaking to his ghost dad. It's not the case with Deborah. Ghost Deborah is mean and scary. <laughs> ghost Deborah is a straight up ghost. It's actually quite good horror stuff that they, they're doing with Jennifer Carpenter. She's so good in the show. So good this season. I'm really, I'm loving Dexter. Have you, if y'all have gotten a chance to check it out, please let me know. Give us a call then. We are waiting patiently for Kanye, for Drake. Not sure when it starts, when it's going to start exactly. You know, the Kanye streams, they usually, they never on time. That's, that's, the, that's all the chats now on Twitch are. Kanye is never on time, God damn it. He's an artiste. What do you expect? Do you expect him to come, show up on time ever? Come on. Come on. Why would he ever be on time? He's Kanye. All right. So looks like we got a caller calling in. Sean. How's it going? Make sure to unmute your mic. That's the um, trick. Hey. Okay. Hi. It's just the first time I'm uh, on calling. I was a. Uh part of clubhouse when that was the thing i was curious to know how that was this was different than that but it seems to be a lot more uh focused i'll say <laughs> exactly exactly that's the biggest focus yeah. is specific shows is not random stuff people you call in for a specific thing specific topic i dig it i like it but yeah it seems it seems pretty cool so far um i guess uh you know i've been trying to go to the theaters a little more uh, i just saw that movie come on come on i'm not sure if, if uh you had seen that one or uh, heard about it with, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <clears throat> oh, no, I have not heard of that, uh, that one at all. Man, it's, I haven't even seen a trailer for this one. This yeah, uh, it, It's very A24 core. Or, you know, it's, it's very, uh, but, but I thought it was pretty good if you're a, a Joaquin head. Um, you know. Oh, I certainly am. It looks yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. I like the, the black and white looks very good. It, the yeah, it, black it, and white it, looks very good. Right, it's uh, it's it's sentimental to a fault, but you know, if if you're uh, if you're going with a, you know, you know, if you're going, you know, dropping your senses, it was it was pretty good. Um, I uh, also saw Dune. I know everyone's still still talking about Dune. Uh, what's how did you feel about the new Dune? New Dune. There's a session about it if there was one. Yeah, we did one. In fact, thank you for reminding me. I'll probably unlock the episode soon. <laughs> I was not a fan of the Dune. I think it's the <laughs> least. Yeah. I I thought it was the least interesting of all the Dune adaptations, sadly. Yeah, and, 
I agree with you, and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I go on Twitter and everyone is pretending like this is this is the movie, this is it. You know what I mean? And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was fine, I guess. Like you know, but I wasn't really you know, like whatever. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a fine, I guess. I I'm sure it would have been uh, nice to see an IMAX, but as far as a movie goes, it just and and Villeneuve said this, he wanted it to be a light PG-13 type movie. And so, I mean, that's what we got. And I just right. don't think mm-hmm. that's Dune to me. That's not Dune to me. Right. I mean, I, I read the book and uh, I saw the, the Lynch movie. I haven't read the whole series, but I, I read the first book. And, uh, you know, I saw the, the Lynch one. I, I thought the Lynch one was fine. When I, I mean, I, I like the Lynch one because I like Lynch, you know. Um, even with its flaws, it felt, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I would rather have that, that weirdness, you know, that, that, jagged weirdness of, of the, the 1984 Dune than the very smoothed over, you know, quote-unquote perfection of the new one. You know, it just felt very, uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, that's the perfect way to phrase it. <laughs> jagged jagged weirdness is the perfect way uh, to phrase it. That's why I, I, I remember the first time I watched the uh, David Lynch Dune, I cut it off like 10 minutes in. I was like, this is crap. <laughs> and then I'll go back and watch it I've been going back and watch it piece by piece, and I finally sat down and watched the whole thing recently, and I fell in love with it because there's just there's so much cool and interesting right. stuff in it. Besides the flaws, there's still a great movie and great moments in cinema in that film, and it just really holds up. And when you compare it to the new Dune, it's just there's nothing in the new Dune that I, like, really need to go back and see. That I There's no images haunting my dreams from New right. Dune, which is not yeah. the same as Lynch's. The New Dune felt kind of like a visual encyclopedia that you get at, like, the Scholastic Book Fair when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like, everything looks, yeah. you know, like, everything looks nice, and it looks like, you know, you might expect it from the book, maybe, but there's nothing that says, like, you know, this is someone's interpretation, or this, this is someone's, you know, I don't know, what they feel about the book or whatever. It's just, like, this is taking you know one-to-one you know a, a replica or the a you know whatever you want to call it a visual iteration of, of the of the book and it's like uh, it's all fine and dandy but like you know <laughs> i read the book already what, what do i you know I, I want some i want some some pizzazz here and there's just not much to be, not much there <clears throat> yeah especially when you have like a document besides the two adaptations that we have of dune i like the sci-fi channel one i never i never did as, see that as, one well, it, I think it's good and it has it's more visually interesting than the new one. Even the t- I, I really like the sci-fi one because it really captures the story of the book, which is very difficult to capture. Even with Lynch's and Three Hours, he does an admirable job, but it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very hard to capture the whole story. But the, right. the, if you really want to understand Dune and get all of Dune, you can watch the miniseries if you don't. If someone didn't want to read the book, mm. but even like I, I really like the TV series, but the new one, it just it didn't have anything that I felt was necessary. It didn't feel like Denis Villeneuve had anything to say in particular about Dune. Like you said, it was just like it seemed like pictures, images of a, a science fiction uh, convention centers out in space, right? Like mm-hmm, just right. these big, long rectangles. I'm not sure like a, what we're doing. What doing? Watching it's like a, it. It's like if the Apple Store directed a Dune movie. I feel like yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it just did not have um, 
in any, any real life too, even though I like some of the actors, but the, the characters I felt like just had nothing to do except for Paul. And Paul has much less than he has in the book or the mini series. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm going to ask for Isaac Stan, I suppose. And I, I, I don't know. He didn't really give me anything on that one either. You know, even though he's, uh, you know, Duke Leto, who's just kind of like very sterile and very, uh, all of it was basically very sterile, but you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. over. I'm over. The, I'm over the Villeneuve brand at this point. I feel like I didn't really like Blade One in 2049. I thought it was very, I don't know, dry in the same way. And uh, you know, Arrival I thought was okay, but I don't know. That stuff felt like it was overrated. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty cold on on um, Villeneuve at this point. I mean, that's the same. I felt the exact same way about the exact same movies, mm-hmm. even though they seem like made. For me, the type right. of thing I would be into. They just they do they do nothing for me. They leave me cold. I just feel like he doesn't have like why does he why did he even make Dune? Why make mm-hmm. Blade a uh, sequel to Blade Runner? If you're a director, uh, artist who wants to say something, why are you taking the assignments that they would give like Paul W. Uh, Paul right, W. S. Right. Anderson? You know, <laughs> it's very strange. Or it's like some kind of like dick sweeting contest. Like I could take this sci-fi property and I can make it respectable or whatever you want to call it. You know, I, like like sci-fi is not not respectable at this point. You know, just it just feels very. I don't know. Just it's just like a big who cares. Like if, and and maybe he he made the movie for people who did not and will not read the book. But I mean, like I don't know. At, at that point, like who, who like why you know <laughs> like because you know like it didn't interpret Dune or didn't you know do anything weird or whatever. It's just like, if, if you don't feel like reading the book, you know, this 800-page book or whatever it is, you can just watch this movie and it'll be an exact replica, you know, of, of the book in, in, you know, in as close, you know, as possible without any sort of uh, artistic touches. It's like admirable, it, it, admirable in a way, but it's like, I don't care. <laughs> it, it's strange the changes that they made, like, limited lady uh lady jessica who is the protagonist oh, of the yeah, real right, of the right. book like it's and it, oh my it annoyed me so much because he did give an interview villeneuve did saying oh we're gonna unlike the book we're gonna make put women in the forefront when he cut mm-hmm. <laughs> significantly cut well, the I mean, he kept popping back to that one shot of zendaya over and over and over again so i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> Well, you do see her a lot, even right. Though, right. yeah. It's just but like that, that, one, that, that that maybe that like twenty minutes that they shot her face, and she's looking out into the, you know, to the camera with her back turned. It's like you know, I, yeah, I guess we get it, you know. But I don't know. There's not much I guess she, like, they could have done because I mean, she doesn't pop until the second half of the book anyway. But you know, <laughs> yeah, she's not supposed to be there. But they mm-hmm. could have. Like, I wish they had really tried. If you're gonna do it in two parts, adapt it then. Like, make it make change up the perspective i am so shocked that they didn't focus on um uh baron harkonnen because he is literally just donald trump it won't Mm. (laughs) there never would have been a better time to make donald trump literally the villain of your science fiction movie than now that would have been something right that would have been great (laughs) yeah and giddy and in the book uh giddy prime is literally a police state we don't see any of that in the movie. That should we should have been seeing more of that than we see of Dune. That's that shit was boring. We should have been seeing like the fucking sla- the fucking slave fights and all the shit mm-hmm. that's happening on Giddy Prime. That I, I, I they really could have done because since Dune has already been adapted, they could have done anything with it, mm-hmm. and they really just didn't 
do much except yeah. make I mean, it kind of like a. It felt like you know, kind of like a standard. Right. Not I want to say Marvel, but like what just a stand. What you expect the computer to make out of a Doom movie? Right. It's like, and I think this is a lot of movies, but it's like the budget is too high for them to do anything fun. It's like, you know, when you get to, I mean, what was it like? Hundred million dollars for the budget. I mean, I didn't look it up, but I assume it was around that much. It's like when you think, oh, it's more than that. Right, I think it's you, a, I think it's a hundred and fifty on. Uh, right. Yeah. Dude. When you throw that much money at it, I guess like you don't really. Have, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're villain, if you you know are shitting your pants, like you think I don't want to, I don't want to fuck this up, you know, because you know they they give me the the cost of a, <laughs> of a city, you know, a city's budget or whatever to to make this movie, but I don't know, you know. But. It's and it's funny they gave him so much because Blade Runner didn't make any money. No, and they still just all, gave right? him. Well, mm. I guess it did work out. It, it Dune did uh, apparently make enough money to make uh, Warner Brothers happy. I don't. Right. I'm not sure if I believe it 100 percent because they were ve- they weren't committed to the sequel before uh, the and, movie came out. Uh, back to your point about Getty Prime, I was listening to Jesse Hawkins' podcast, uh, Junk Filter, and he had Jacob Backrack on, and I, I might be misquoting him, but, but I, th- Great guys. I think I remember him saying something to the effect of, you know, Lynch and even, um, what's his name, uh, Hebert, and understood the Atreides as fascists, and the new movie does not. It does not understand them as, like, liberal fascists or whatever, and I think that was that was a pretty good point I feel like they made, and I think... The, the movie, the Villeneuve movie purposely kind of obfuscated their, you know, their, their, uh, maybe aesthetically they kind of leaned into the fashion stuff, but I don't know. I still, I still feel like they, they weren't willing to like lean into the, the fashion angle of, uh, of, of Dune and of, of the Atreides as well as the Harkonnens. So it's just kind of. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the book, <laughs> the book, the book is very clear on this. You find mm-hmm. out that the Atreides are Harkonnens. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul's mother is the Baron's daughter, and like it's all one, you know, family. Mm. And in the, the book, a lot of people mistake, think the book is like saying the Atreides are these great people. Like, no, Paul isn't a great person. He and he's also not in control once he um, launch once he's sets the wheels in motion. Like he's like he keeps talking he's he's he can see the future but in a limited capacity and he can't necessarily change it the way into being what he wants and so at a certain point he's he's like trying to stop this jihad that's going to happen mm-hmm. if he deposes the Harkonnens uh, and takes back Arrakis and he just doesn't have any control over it and at certain points he says you know even if I am killed the Fremen are going to keep going on uh, without me, they don't really need me uh, for this. So the that, but the movie leaves out the nuance of all the different factions. Just the right, Harkonnens right. are evil because they're evil. The Atreides are good because they're good. The Fremen are they're quote unquote not too good or whatever. You know, they're, they're not you know like you know. But that's still like who cares? You know, make them you know make them a little less uh, um, black and white even than that. You know. <clears throat> Yeah, and the, the and they have no yeah, and they, they use the fremen and the fremen as well. I guess the fremen are just kind of like a generic in the in the new movie. They're just kind of like a generic indigenous people. But in the book, the fremen have a very complicated uh, backstory, and mm-hmm. like they are actually some the most one of the more powerful factions on Arrakis, which you don't actually see. Like the 
the Empire is not really in control of it. The Atreides, the Harkonnens, they're all vying. They all have a different, uh, you know, realms of, of influence that they're all competing with. Is is And I lo- like Dune because it's complex and it's more like, about, right. like the real world and real world politics where nobody's a good guy. It's just all these uh, rich people trying to fuck up over everybody. But I think that comes down to like the the not misunderstanding because I, I I don't even think they misunderstand but like the the understanding of politics in terms of like like the, you know liberal politics in America especially is like there, there's there's the good guys and the bad guys there's not it's not just like disparate factions vying for power you know or, or whatever and 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 I guess back to your other point is like the the, the thing you hear about doing this I've heard from a lot of people who like it even before I read the book is like they will say the the best virtue of the book is the world building and I think the Villeneuve does not world build enough, maybe because it can't, because it's not actually a book, but it doesn't really get into that, that world and the politics and the, the cultural and like social, um, yeah, yeah, you know, bits of, of the book or whatever, especially about the, but the firm about the people who aren't necessarily the Atreides. Um, it's just, you just don't really, you don't get, yeah, you, they don't, don't, you don't get that depth. Yeah, they don't exist. There's the citizens mm-hmm. don't exist in this version of Dune. Right. When they're a big part of the TV show, like you don't get a sense that like real people live in these worlds and live these lives. You ju- only get the the Star Wars, uh, the high level Star mm-hmm. Wars view. It's just the prince and the princess and the scoundrel uh, kind of view. Just the important people exist in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're the superheroes, and everyone else is just a peon, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is the what? Not the book is not about that at all. And really, I right. think what the most the thing I liked about the like about the book that I've been rereading it is that the there's so many like real touching human elements, and it's quite uh, it's quite you know emotional for a science fiction book. It's not really about the spaceships and the technology. It mm-hmm. really is about the people. Well, it looks like we have the stream starting. It looks like we, uh, oh, maybe just a commercial. Maybe just, a com- oh, no, it went offline. The stream literally just went offline. <laughs> oh, hope, hope. I guess that, that teaches one to hope because the stream just went offline. It's been, it was on for like three hours ahead of time. We just assumed that it was going to go for and now the stream is down, and now we're just getting asked for uh, Juice World's Global uh, <laughs> Launch event. What is going on? Will Drake be here? Will Kanye be here? I don't know. I don't know, folks. I'm sorry. Um, this is this is live. This is live radio. Um, but the street, the Kanye stream was supposed to start. I thought it was starting. Kanye with special guest Drake. Maybe they maybe they fell out already. Maybe they fi- they they gotten some kind of beef already at the show. Maybe oh did it get all right? So the chat is in room is going crazy. Chat room is going crazy, and there's some are saying cancel, some are saying push to nine p.m. I'm not sure. Let me see. Oh, it looks like we got uh, callers in. Hansi, if you want to call, come in, you can do so. Sean, thank you so much for calling, buddy. Great talking with you. Great, great, great thanks, talking. Thanks, Leslie. With you. Appreciate it. Uh, have a good one. You as well. All right. 
Hansi, go ahead, unmute yourself. What happened to the stream? Yeah, no. do you know? You work, you know, you work in Hollywood. You know what's going on. What's the deal? <laughs> I had, dude. I was, I was, I was gonna ask you the same thing. I, I, I thought it was gonna be eight thirty Eastern time, and I, I was like already pissed off already from like three hours ago, and then I, I and then I saw because I was like, why is Leslie doing at ten thirty? If it's starting at eight thirty, and then the, the, <laughs> my brother told me that it's, I think it's like eleven thirty is when it's starting in uh, for Eastern time, so I had no idea what was going on, man. Wow. Uh, so I'm looking. I'm looking it up. It's I. I'm looking at the official fees. I'm trying to see when is it coming. I, I don't know, but uh, we are currently just waiting. <laughs> Or Dragon Kaya, but they shut down the stream, which is not a good sign. It is not a good sign when they shut down the stream. Well, well, well Leslie, both of us being professional wrestling uh, fans, we can see like you know the the work shoot elements going on. Oh here. yes, they're, they're, they're trying to do a Brennan Shawn Michaels type of deal. You know what I mean? Like this would happen if like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's what it feels like. You. Know, I, I know that, uh, until it comes on, can I, can I know you're a, a huge Seinfeld fan, so can I ask you a question about Seinfeld? Oh, please do so. Okay, because, yeah, I, I've been watching it. I, again, it's like one of my, it's probably like my favorite show. And I kind of became a caricature of my own school because people used to call me Costanza, right? And I used to, like, <laughs> act like Costanza. Like, I, and, and then I'd, I'd buy to the kayfabe and actually try to be Costanza, like, aesthetically and everything like that, whatever. But, yo, do you think that, because uh, in regard to the rest of the show, do you think when Joe Devola went fucking crazy, right? And he was seeing the same psychiatrist that Elaine was dating. Do you think when when he revealed that he was dating Elaine that he didn't give Joe Davola his medication and that's why he may have flipped? Oh, that's a dark one. That's a dark theory. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like hmm, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's a. I, it, it seems like the type of humor that Larry David would find funny. So yes, I'm going with that. Yes, that's. Oh. It's Oh, it's back on right now. Oh, no. I thought it was back on for a second. Oh, we're back on. All right. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Oh, we got we got visuals. We got visuals. We got a nice font there. Nice, nice blue. But, but yo, Leslie. By the way, what the call? I I I forget where you said this. I think it was on Katie Helper's show. But I, I when you said when you gave the good comparison against Friends and Seinfeld, right? I kind of started watching a little bit of Friends, and with the, like I took your advice of like if I imagine them like as horrible people and don't care about like all the dramatic stuff like that, I'm supposed to be compelled to. It's actually a funny show if you just assume they're all horrible people. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot better when you realize that when, because I mean, if you care, if you try to, because if you try to be on their side, they're just shitty people. I was talking about this with the Sex of the City thing. It's like <laughs> they're just so shitty to people all the time. And the best sitcoms realize that because sitcom characters, every situation is usually someone lying to like their friend or their loved one, even like um, Saved by the Bell. There's a there's a funnier die series called yeah. Zach Morris's Trash. It's really funny because it just breaks down the episode 
uh, the plots of the episode and just says what happens is like Zach Morris tries to scalp tickets. Zach Morris tries to trick his friends into doing this. Zach Morris does like he does all these horrific things. But at the end of the show, we all laugh and they all hug and they're all still friends, which is not really how the real world uh, works. And it also limits how (laughs) funny the show can get when you don't do that. Then you can get a show like Seinfeld and It's Always Sunny where the characters just can get worse and worse over time and things get a lot more funny. Yeah, and, you know, and the, thing, you know, the thing about Seinfeld I didn't appreciate because maybe I, I, I was more about the situational comedy and not the dialogue. In context of like the, the storyline, I always notice that when Jerry Seinfeld tries to do his humor in the conversations like as a comedian, they, his friends never oh, really yeah. find anybody else. What he says funny he, at all? Like they just kind of dis- they kind of just dismiss what he says, and I I think like that that like really fucking you know uh, it's like that captures what real life uh, uh, dialogue is. I I totally kind of didn't appreciate when I was watching it when I was younger and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really fun. Like every time he tells it, he tries to tell a joke. Uh, Elaine will be like, "Isn't that old material?" And he's like, "I got nothing." To do. <laughs> But you know, uh, I, I won't take it to your time. But what, what what seasons would you say are like your favorite? Because when I was growing up, maybe because I got into it late, I was appreciating the older episodes. But now that I've watched it back, I gotta say, season three and four are like the season where they do the uh, the pilot, the, the the whole pilot to see the, the whole. Oh yeah. Season. And then the, the season three, because I I think one of my favorite episodes is on that one the 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 parking space where they're where. Uh, uh, George and that guy are arguing over our parking spot in, by, by Jerry's building. That's like literally one of my favorite episodes because everything is so chaotic and everything moves so smoothly in that episode. Yeah. Favorite season, huh? I'm a big, I think maybe season eight just because every episode has like five or six uh, silly to say, but kind of iconic things that you remember. Like you think, like one episode is just about you know the chicken roaster, and that's the whole episode. But then there's all sorts of other arcs that you remember going in. And I have a real blast watching season eight because it's just nonstop, bit after bit after bit, and I think most of them uh, hit pretty hard. Yeah, no, no, season eight was good. The reason why, cause I, I always found amongst comedy fans, I think after Larry David left for uh, season seven, people always kind of down on season eight and nine. And I actually enjoyed, like, even though they went more absurd as they went along a little bit, I still enjoyed those seasons a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those were still solid seasons, in my opinion. You know, Summer, Summer of George, the Susie episode, you know what I mean? Like, those are good episodes. Oh, yeah, they're great, great. I be, you know I used I was doing yeah I mean even uh, the final season you have like the Merv Griffin show episode like that's just so funny it's one of the funniest yeah. things ever. As as as, as a brown kid, uh, I I really love the India the Indian the India episode because like dude like he was when when she said um oh your 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 name in Indian would be Jagdish my friends my friend's father's name is Jagdish so we we went we, we went nuts about that because we never saw much Indian representation or like brown representation in these shows or whatever so it was, it was so it was like so it was like one of the best episodes where they do it backwards and shit you know what I mean like that was a really good episode too. 
Yeah, the Indian show is actually the one episode of Seinfeld that I've probably seen the least. I actually did not realize that I had not, I had never really seen the whole thing until maybe last year and watched it for the first uh, time. It's really, it, the backwards thing really works. It's a really fresh uh, gimmick. I really, that man, that was a fun episode. Like, and it just shows the fact that they could basically do the show backwards shows how much they had nailed the formula. I really think that was just like a huge, huge flex. No, definitely. You know, the one, you know, the one, see, you know how professional wrestling is like, that would that would have been a fun episode because Seinfeld would have been the one epi- one show that could have like dived in deep into like because they would d- dive into obscure things right so I, I I fantasy book an episode where what's it called Elaine dates a wrestler and oh. <laughs> Jerry and George learn about uh, like learn about kayfabe and like and and Newman and Newman and Kramer work themselves into a shoot with an actual wrestler or something like that like something crazy like that I, I, that's what I was saying because you're an always sunny always sunny in Philadelphia fan. I would love it. I know they brought Roddy Piper in for an episode and all that, but I would love if they actually analyze wrestling fandom. Like, I think they would pull it off so well. I, I'm waiting for a show to actually do like you know smart dumb things, but I, I don't think a show they, they always like just kind of brush brush wrestling off in one simple brush and all that. So I feel like there's no show that actually dives in deep into wrestling fandom. Have you seen Heels? I've been meaning to check that out. Oh no no yeah the, you know that show is actually pr- it's, it's pretty good it's it's pretty good I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was decent like it, but like it, it's still like uh they make it seem like like there's so many work shoots where like somebody's gonna go to a rival promotion as a shoot where like in real life you wouldn't really buy that that's a real shoot right but like 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 they're they're contract tampering and then the main like Stephen Amell shows up at the rival at the rival. Uh, uh, at the rivals of promotion to like basically stop his brother for double crossing his promotion to go there like and so like I mean if you enjoy that kind of stuff then like that that's what it's kind of like but I I mean I just thought it was a little contrived but I still enjoyed it though that makes sense. All right, so we do have an announcement: the Kanye stream is not actually starting until midnight, folks. It's not starting until oh midnight, God. folks. So we have been on for forty five minutes. We will we will call it. A night, unless anybody wants to call in, I will be calling it uh, a yeah. night because uh, midnight. Come on, Kanye Drake. Come on, come on. Can't hold on for another thirty minutes, but we will. We'll call it. <laughs> but thank you all so much for joining and listening in. Thank you so much, Hansi, for calling in. If anybody else wants to call in before we finish up, feel free to do so. Hit up the line now. But that was culture with Leslie the Third. I'll be doing this more regularly. I may be back uh, tomorrow because guess what? That new Expanse episode is out. I'm looking forward to seeing it. We can talk about that. We'll talk about TVs, music, movies. We'll talk about the Kanye stream maybe after the fact. If they're just guesstimating (laughs) right now, that's going to be at 9 p.m. PT. I may uh, just uh, have to catch that on the flip side. But thank you all so much for joining me on the first time uh, for Culture. Please uh, follow. Please share. Please subscribe. Thank you so much. Please check me out on Struggle Session, patreon.com slash struggle session. Please check out my brother, Jack Allison, on Jack AM, twitch.tv slash Jack AM. Love y'all. Have a good night. Peace.